The following is a podcast from St. George's Episcopal Church in Arlington, Virginia. We invite you to support the ministries of St. George's Church through a one-time or reoccurring donation. To give, visit our webpage, www.stgeorgeschurch.org. The word saint is spelled in full. St. George's is a vibrant and inclusive community that is committed to loving God, serving others, and changing the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and to acts of charity. I suppose if you were to ask people in the United States today what the name Tabitha means to them, their minds would float to reruns of Bewitched, which seems to be our major cultural reference these days of the name. But for many years in the history of the church, the name Tabitha meant something very different. She is the subject of our lesson this morning from the Acts of the Apostles. During the season of Easter, each year, we have a succession of lessons from Acts of the Apostles. It's the one time that happens during the year, and it gives us glimpses of the life of the church, 
and in the three years of our lectionary, we are introduced to different figures in the life of the early church. Now Luke, who wrote the Acts of the Apostles, seems to have a theological idea behind his presentation of the church, and one way to understand it is to say that for Luke, the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit make all things new so that the old rules and the old expectations and the old way of doing things don't seem to apply any longer. We began again. And that is clear in two ways in the story of Tabitha. In one sense, we learn that the kind of miraculous healing, even to the point and after death, in the Gospels has been confined to the ministry of Jesus. But in the Acts of the Apostles, it begins to be a strong ministry of healing of Jesus' own followers. And the rules about women and the role of women in society seem to change as well. Maybe this is a good set of lessons that falls this liturgical year on Mother's Day as we look at women crossing boundaries and leading in the early church. If you look in the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the Holy Spirit falls upon the community of believers and Prophecy no longer seems to be the gift of wise old men. We're told it is the young who begin to prophesy, and not just young men, but young men and young women, and not just free citizens, but free and enslaved persons on the Pentecost began to speak in prophecy. If you turn forward to the 21st chapter of Acts, you'll find that that gift seems to abide. And we learn that Philip the evangelist had four daughters and they were all prophets. And as you look at the leaders of the life of the church in the Acts of the Apostles, the early converts who played important roles, you'll find in the 16th and 18th chapter of Acts, figures like Lydia and Aquila, women who were strong leaders in the early church. And then also there is Tabitha. The word disciple is used 135 times in the New Testament. 134 times it refers to men. And once it appears in the feminine. There was a disciple in Joppa, and her name was Tabitha. The lesson today is the sole occasion in which we have a disciple explicitly recognized as a woman in the life of the church, Tabitha. Her name, and we're given it twice, implies that she was a lady of some grace. Tabitha means gazelle, and her name in Greek, Dorcas, means gazelle. We somewhat 
uh, confusingly in English talk about a Dorcas gazelle, but it is a gazelle gazelle. Uh, and so Dorcas, who was Tabitha gazelle and Dorcas gazelle, must have been someone of grace and style. We're told she was a woman who did good works and acts of charity. Apparently, she was a seamstress who made beautiful clothing and then gave it to those persons who were in need. When she contracted an illness and died quickly, widows surrounded her bed and showed off the clothing that she had made for them and for others. She did good works in the community. She was a person of grace. Now, if you go back to the Gospels, you'll see that there are three occasions in which Jesus' healing ministry seemed to have moved beyond simply healing those who were ill. There is the story of the son of the widow of Nain and the story of Lazarus of Bethany and the story of the daughter of Jairus. In all three cases, Jesus interrupts funeral celebrations, observances, and raises people from the dead. In the book of Acts, that happens twice with the disciples, once with Paul and once in today's lesson with Peter. This may be a little callous, but I think the story about Paul is kind of comic relief there. Paul is preaching, and people are together, and it's hot. And a young man named Eutychus decides to sit in the window. Well, he'll be a little bit cooler. And so he sits in the window as Paul preaches, and Paul tends to run on. If you read Romans or Corinthians, you see he sometimes has a lot to say, and Eutychus falls asleep, falls out the window, and apparently falls to his death. But Paul stops and goes out and prays for him, and he is restored to health. But here, with the story of Tabitha or Dorcas, we have a story of a woman who has died from illness, who is being mourned, and the people in Joppa, the Christians, are so beside themselves that they send word to other disciples that they might send Peter to them. And he comes and appears at her bedside. I majored in Romance languages in college. And uh, one of the first things I discovered was even if you master to some degree a language, it's always very difficult to pick up on the jokes and the funny stories and the allusions and the word plays, which by the time they're explaining to you, the moment has passed and they're no longer funny anymore. I picked up a book once in college which was called Three Sad Tigers, written in Spanish, and I could not understand a single word of most of the conversations. My professor explained that all of the wordplay was based on the slang in Cuban bars in the 1950s. And he gave me an almost helpful book, which was a dictionary of slang terms, but they were all Mexican, and so they didn't help very much <laughs> as I tried to understand what was going on. 
I think Luke was the kind of guy who would have today done the New York Times crossword puzzle and would have gotten those difficult clues on jeopardy that involve wordplay and putting things together. He slips a very slight illusion in his telling of this story. If you look back at the healing ministry of Jesus in the case of the daughter of Jairus, you'll find that Mark tells us the exact Aramaic words that Jesus used. They're transcribed in the Greek of the New Testament, so we know phonetically what he said. Apparently, he said to her as he was at her bedside, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And she rose. Fast forward to Acts. Peter is at Tabitha's bedside. He says to her words in Greek, which in Aramaic would be Tabitha kum. Tabitha rise. Talitha kum. Tabitha kum. There's something going on there that only Luke seemed to recognize, but occasionally you can stumble across that kind of wordplay in his gospel. And I think it is intended as a kind of verbal footnote. Go back and look at the earlier story. What's similar? What's different? What is similar is Peter appears in both stories. He's at Jesus' side with the healing of Jairus' daughter. He's at the bedside alone at the healing of Tabitha. In both cases, the healer says to the people who have gathered to mourn, could you wait out in the hall for a minute? I would like to pray over this person. And so the mourners are asked to leave the room. But there is a great difference. And the difference is that at the end of the gospel story, Jesus tells the family of Jairus' daughter, don't tell anybody what happened. I don't want this story to be known implied is until after my own resurrection. But in the story in Acts today, there is no secrecy. The good news of the resurrection is news to be shared. And so immediately thereafter, the story was told in all of Joppa, and the good news of what had happened in the power of the resurrection was known to all. At the beginning of the, ninth, of the 20th century and the end of the 19th century, this story would have been recognized in many places because of a women's charitable society that seemed to have spread in the English-speaking world. It was found in Scotland and in England and the United States, often called the Dorcas Society, or the Dorcas League, there still apparently are a few branches of the Dorcas Society in the US today. They were organizations of women who got together and followed Dorcas's example in her works of charity. They purchased and made and shared clothing for those in need, those in deepest poverty. They remembered this woman. They remembered Dorcas, Tabitha, and her works of charity. As we remember that story today, 
I pray that we would be inspired by her example of good works. We would be inspired by her works of faith, the miracle in her life, and we might have our eyes opened a little bit to the way in which boundaries are crossed and transgressed in the power of the resurrection. And there was in Joppa a disciple, and her name was Tabitha. Amen.